Welcome to the I'm Blooming podcast, and this is episode eight. Okay, so I just want to get straight into today's topic. Um, I wanted to record this like the last day of December, like coming into 2020. But I I was watching this video and it was like, oh, your podcast, like something about like they were talking about podcasts. And then I realized my podcast is called I'm Blooming. And I haven't talked in a while about how I'm doing and how I've progressed and my journey with mental health. And so that's what today's topic is going to be about. Um, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a long one because I tried recording a YouTube video talking about my story a year ago and then two years ago. And both times I cried and they were like an hour and 30 minutes after editing the video. And I never posted the video on YouTube just because I didn't feel ready at the time. But... Yeah, I mean, right now, here we go. Let's get into it. Let's start all the way at the beginning. So, well, before I say anything, um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify or Google Podcasts, make sure to follow the podcast and leave me a rating. It would mean the world to me. Um, yeah. Okay. Now let's get into it. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Um, it was about two years ago. I was in my first year at Sacramento State University. It was my second semester and it was around the time of March, early March, I want to say. Um, and it was this one day And I remember waking up the next day and all of a sudden I had these like these like little bursts of thoughts just going through my head. And I'm like, that's weird. And then um, I would start like refolding blankets and I was wondering why I was doing that. And my roommate like at the time didn't even say anything or didn't notice or maybe he did notice and just thought it was weird and just didn't say anything. But um, yeah, I refolded blankets I would like I had like I had like like um what's it called I had these not techniques but I had these compulsions to do like a certain amount of time so like maybe four times maybe two times um at the time I didn't think much of it you know um and then it was like I'm trying to remember all of these events like I've told the stories like a couple of times to like you know um my teachers at Sacramento State University when sing- when things started getting bad I had to write it in emails to professors at SMC I had to um tell my three therapists four therapists well I didn't have four at the same time I was trying to find the right one and like it took like two it took three to find the right one and then my group therapist and then I had to like And then whenever we get a new group member, I kind of talk about my story again, but like really briefly, like two minutes. So, um, I've talked about it a lot, like in my private life, um, that I would, I would feel like I would remember every detail perfectly, but like now it's like, it's been so long, even though it's only been two years that I've been dealing with this, um, I kind of just 
forgot some things, which in it, in it, in this case is good because you don't. I don't want to have to remember every day what I went through um, a year ago, um, two years ago. Um, but, you know, uh, the reason why I'm recording this is I hope that it can help somebody going through the same thing or something similar. Or if they have a friend, a family member or someone close to them that they can share this podcast and in hopes that it'll help, that they're not alone. Um, but back to the story. Um, and then it was summer vacation. I was going into my second year of college. And um, I remember taking longer showers. Like if, like, let me explain. So I would get in the shower. I, you know, would do my thing. And then um, if like, a bad thought or if a bad thought came into my head, I would have to redo the whole process of taking a shower. And I would have to do that over and over again until I had a positive thought. So this led me to taking like hour long showers, um, having panic attacks in the shower. Um, and at the time I didn't know it was a panic attack. I honestly thought I was dying. Um, but you know, I didn't want anybody to know that I, that something was off with me and I still didn't know what was going on with me. So I tried to keep it a secret and just act as if everything was fine. And so, um, yeah, started taking longer showers, um, started seeing longer in the bathroom. Um, uh, there would be compulsions with toilet paper and, um, I know I'm getting TMI, but, like, I, like, I feel like I need to in order to get my point across, and in order, because I remember I would watch YouTube videos of people sharing their story, and they wouldn't really be vivid, and then I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, so I don't know if we have the same thing, so I don't know if I can relate, or I don't know if, like, someone out there has the same thing as me, so I'm not gonna get into complete details, but I will be talking about some things, um, most things. Um, but yeah, I would take, like, I would be in the bathroom for, like, 30 minutes, um, stuck, having panic attacks, having intrusive thoughts, um, yeah, and that happened, and everyone was like, oh, Randy takes long times in the bathroom, ha 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 ha, and they laughed it off, and I would just laugh it off, like, yeah, whatever, um, but then things started to get really bad once I entered, my first semester of my second year at Sacramento State University. Um, so I got a dorm to myself. It was only one bed. It was just me. It was part of their new building that they had just constructed. And it was like brand new. It had a really nice kitchen and a big um, uh, room to do homework. Um, it had like, I don't know, like, the view was really beautiful, and, like, it was at the river, and I don't know, like, it was just, and the cafeteria had just got its update, too, it was really good food, and then, you know, it was, I thought I was living the life. Little did I know that living by myself with what I was going through was the biggest mistake I could have ever made, but I know that now looking back, but um, at the time I thought I was living the life, living by myself, away from my family, uh, six hours away. Um, So as classes started, 
I started having more compulsions. So I would have to walk backwards if I had a thought and then walk forwards and then um, try to keep a positive thought. Um, And for those of you who are wondering, like, why do you keep saying bad thought? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, When you have OCD, you have intrusive thoughts. They can vary from a bunch of a range wide, uh, like a wide spectrum of things. Um, I, I will probably share a video, like a really good video detailing what OCD is, um, on my, on the I'm Blooming podcast, um, Instagram page. Um, so make sure to follow that and I'll be posting that there. Um, but, um, yeah, so there were intrusive thoughts. And then I would change um, into my clothes to go to school, out of my PJs. And then if I had a bad thought, I would have to redo it, take off my socks, take off my pants, take off my shirt, do it all over again until I had a good thought. And same with shoes. And then I, like, it just started getting so bad that I got so depressed. I wouldn't go to class. I had panic attacks every day. I would have panic attacks in the bathroom mostly. Um, my friends would always wonder where, why wasn't I showing up to class? Like, and it just kept getting like bad. And I, I still wasn't reaching out for help because I wanted to do it on my own. I wanted to, I hoped, I remember I would be on my bed. Like, I remember this vividly. I would be on my bed in my PJs in the morning. Like it was probably Saturday, like or just any day, because my classes started later in the day, and I would just cry, and I'd cry, and I would just say, God, please take this away, whatever this is, all these thoughts, take them away, please, I just want to be normal, I just want to live a normal life, please, and I remember just saying that, like, a, like every few nights, every week, um, every month, just hoping that one day I wake up and they're gone, but that didn't happen. Um, and so, you know, I remember also, I would try to go to class. And then once I got out the door, I would have to make sure that I locked the door correctly. And then walk in, walk out, walk in, walk out. Um, twist the knob two times and then walk in, walk out. Um, it, it was just a whole process. Like when you have OCD, your compulsions take up so much of your time that you literally, it'll, you'll wake up early and you'll feel like you've, con- you're, you've already conquered the day. You've gotten a head start on the day, but then all your compulsions take up all your day and it's three o'clock and you're just about to go eat breakfast. That's how bad it is. Like, I don't think people understand when they hear OCD, they think, oh, that person likes things to be organized. That person likes to be a neat freak. Like, that's not it. Like, I highly recommend that all of you do your research on, and I'm not being, trying to be like mean, like, eh, I'm just saying, like, it's nice to be educated on these topics, um, just so you know what you're talking about when you're using it as like a quirky thing in your Instagram posts or your Instagram story or your Snapchat or whatever like it does affect people um but anyways I remember um you know my compulsions taking a bunch of my day and I would be in the bathroom and the bathroom was shared with like uh me and eight other people six other people um six other guys and um I remember every 
like, uh, for some reason, every time that I went into the bathroom, no one else went in. And I remember having the worst thoughts possible from my OCD. And I would just cry and yell, like, somebody help me, help me. Like, I felt like I was dying. Like, my chest was tight. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was, like, I think I was, uh, if I remember correctly, I was, like, sweating. Um, at, like, the littlest, the quietest of sounds felt so loud. Um, my, like, I was shaking. I, like, I, I literally felt like I was dying, like, if you've ever had a panic attack, you know what I'm talking about. I, uh, For everybody, it differs. For the symptoms differ. But um, it was just a lot. It was a lot to take on. And to battle with your mind every day. And then to have to go to school and put on a, f- a mask. Um, put on a mask that everything is fine. And you're just, you know, you just have to act as if you're the... You're the guy that sleeps in and doesn't give a shit about school. When in reality, you really do give a shit about school. Because you were on the honor roll um, your first year at college before this all ever happened. But, you know, things got hard. My grades started dropping. I got my first F in college. Felt like my world was ending. I was so depressed I would just lay in bed and not eat not do anything just spend the whole day there my parents would call me and I would say oh yeah I'm fine but I wasn't um I also got to a point where I was weighing around 115 pounds um yeah that's very skinny um and I'm five six, and I know like some people weigh around like that way, but like for me that was very like I look back on pictures of myself. Like my friends will send me pictures, like you know you you can do Snapchat memories, like oh three years ago, and like I'll get those pictures and I'll look at myself and I'll be like, I was so skinny, but like I'm not like body shaming anybody, but for me, I, I like I wasn't trying to be skinny. Like I wasn't trying to like I wasn't working out so much that I wanted to lose all the weight. I just had a really fast metabolism, but also I was starving myself. I wasn't eating. My mind wasn't letting me eat. Like if you eat this, then this will happen or if you eat this then and so I wouldn't eat as much as I would want to eat food. I just my mind wouldn't let me. So I spent a lot of days just not eating. And then if I did eat, I would binge eat. And then I would go the rest of the other days without eating. It just got really hard. And then fast forward to February of my second semester of my second year at college. And I remember I was wearing a white long sleeve shirt. I was in my dorm. It was nighttime. Um, I had turned on the lights in my room. I put my phone up against the wall and I FaceTimed my parents and I was crying on the phone. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm having all these thoughts. I feel like I'm dying every time I go to the bathroom. I feel sad. I don't know what's going on. And it was at that point that I finally reached out for help. I look back at that and I wish I would have reached out sooner so that it didn't get to the point that it did like a couple months ago. But I can't change the past. 
And something that I've had to learn along the way is that everything happens for a reason. As hard as it may seem, like, as life goes on, I'm still trying to figure it out why what happened to me happened. Um, But, you know, it's just coming to terms with it. Like, yep, I have OCD, anxiety, and depression, and social anxiety. As my personal therapist said, um, even though I seem like an outgoing person, I have like little tendencies of social anxiety. It's not severe. It's just like little tendencies of social anxiety and an eating disorder. You know, let's just add that in there, you know, with my binge eating, because apparently binge eating classifies as an eating disorder. So um, that's something I have to work on. Um, But anyways, yeah, I told my parents everything. The following day, um, every day after that phone call, my mom would call me to make sure if I was in class, that I wasn't stuck in the bathroom having a panic attack. My mom did all her research. Um, she thought it was anxiety. And a couple months back in December, um, I had done an online quiz or like I literally Googled like, what does it mean if you feel like you can't breathe and like you are dying? And then it was like, this like anxiety popped up and so I was like oh it's anxiety and anxiety attacks panic attacks and then um so my mom would call me to make sure that I wasn't having an anxiety attack and that I was on my way to class and that I was eating um but things just got worse after I told them I don't know why um and I spoke to the counselor at school and the she was there she was there to listen and it was I mean at the time it was good you to have someone to listen um to your problems and to know that they're there for you but um it was this one session um uh, I forgot what session it was it was probably like my third or second session but she had said have you ever thought about leaving school and going back home and focusing on your mental health and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, taking a leave of absence. And you would get a W for your classes. Or you you can get an incomplete and then finish them when at home over the summer. And I was like, I don't know if my parents would be okay with that. It was the biggest decision I've ever had to make in my life at the time. To leave school mid-semester. And before I get into this, um, my dad had gone up to Sacramento to visit me um, around March. Yeah, around March. Before, it was around March before my spring break. My dad had gone up to visit me to see how I was. And it was at that point that he saw that I was in a really bad state. My mental health was at its lowest point. I, like he, since he was there, like I was finally able to eat. So I remember we went to like, I forgot what, like, um, what's it called? The one with like the pepper, the pepper in the name, nor like the, the picture, Chili's. We went to Chili's and I remember having a burger and like, I remember being so happy that I was finally able to eat. And then, yeah, my dad spent, uh, like two nights, um, um, over at my dorm and to make sure I was okay. And then he left, and I was terrified to be on my own again. And then it was spring break, and I left two days early before spring break started 
just because I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it on my own. I left to go home for spring break. And then while I was home, I looked out. I tried looking for a therapist in the little time that I had. The first therapist didn't work out. Um, just She just wasn't the great fit for me. Um, and so during that time that I was on my spring break, I um, called the school and I was like, um, me and my family came to the decision that leaving school would be the best decision for my health. And so I called the school and um, I explained to them that I want to take a leave of absence. And they were like, okay, you just have to get all your um, teacher's signatures and fill out this form, fill out this paperwork and withdraw from it. Do all of this. All It was so much that I had to do. And I... I remember being on the phone with one of the people that worked at Sacramento. And when I mentioned that I wanted to take a leave of absence because of my mental health, she said, have you ever thought of killing yourself? And I thought, no. And I said, no. And she said, then why do you have to take a leave of absence? There are people that like have that. And like, are like she said something. And I was just like, do I really need to be at that point to where you need to, like, accept, oh, okay, yeah, he does need a leave of absence. Like, like the stigma behind mental health is, like, still there that, like, people don't take it seriously. And so I remember I was so mad at her that I was just like, yes, I do need a leave of absence. So um, are you going to help me? And then she was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she gave me all the paperwork, and then I flew back to Sacramento I started packing up all my stuff, filled out the form, sent it out, uh, went to every teacher's office hours, and one of my teachers was like, you don't look sad. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I had to explain my story to every teacher. And luckily, I had a few teachers who were really understanding and helped me out along the way. Um, But other teachers weren't as understanding. Um... And that's why I created my clothing line and I want to be more vocal on this podcast and why I created this podcast and my Instagram page and just everything I do. I want to be more vocal about mental health and be an advocate for mental health to help spread awareness and to help end the stigma. But um, I packed up all all my things and then I forgot about my dorm. I had packed up everything and my dad was coming up. He was driving all the way from Malibu up to um, Sacramento and I filled out the paperwork for my dorm. I dropped it off and they were like, oh, it's going to take about like a week or two to process it. If you can leave your, if you can get out of your contract of your dorm. And I was like, I have to leave. Like, I can't be here any longer. Like, I'm literally suffering as every day passes by. And they're like, okay, we'll see what we can do. And my dad came up the next day Um I woke up, my uh, my dad started getting all the stuff in my car, in the car, and I I hadn't checked my emails, and I was like, okay, if they don't accept it, I honestly don't care, like, I just need to leave, I can't be here another day, and I checked my emails, and it had been approved, I went down, talked to the RA, the RA checked my room, checked everything off, I cleaned everything out, we drove out of there, and I was crying on the way, I remember telling my dad on the way back home, Am I making the biggest mistake of my life? Is this a mistake? Should I go back? Should I just, like, 
wait it out and maybe things will get better. And I had left April 4th, April. I forget what the day was, but it was in April, beginning of April, first week of April. Um, So the semester ended in like a month. But I had to take that hit to really focus on my health. And it was at that point where I started looking at therapists and I found my first, my second therapist. And things went well, um, but around May, June, early June, I I was like, I don't, like, I need more help. Like, I feel like um, my therapist at the time, she was amazing, but I just felt like OCD just wasn't her main thing. And so I was without a, I was with, I, I was looking, my dad found a therapist and I called the OCD Center of Los Angeles, which I did not know that there was a center for OCD, which was my main thing that was uh, interrupting my whole life. But um, during the time that I was looking for a therapist, um, I know my story is like all over the place. Like I'm just going back and forth, but things are just popping into my mind like, oh, talk about this. So sorry um, in advance. Um, but... I remember in between times that I was looking for a therapist, um, I spent so many days um, back home after I had left school. I had spent so many days stuck in my room. And when I say stuck, I literally mean stuck. Like I was afraid to make any movements. Um, I would sit at the dinner table, my little sister, who was like five at the time, um, and my other sister and my mom and dad would just would eat and I still wouldn't eat I couldn't eat because of the thoughts that my OCD was sending me and so um I just remember one day um I and I couldn't get up out of the chair from the dinner table because I was scared of moving I would cry every day um have panic attacks like two times two times a day two to three times a day every day um since I had told my parents what was going on with me. And that went on for like a year. And I remember my sister saying, um, like, I think it was, everyone had gotten up out of the table and my little sister, who was five at the time, was like, oh, Randy, don't think about it. Just get up. It's okay. Nothing bad is going to happen. And I remember just crying in that moment and my mom crying. And... It was just like the fact that a five-year-old girl understands what is going on with me and my mental state. And I have, and I, I felt, I felt horrible. I felt like I was putting my family through all of this and I was affecting everyone's lives. And it was just a really dark point in my life. Um, I went through a really dark phase where I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I can't do this. Like, going to war every day with my mind is just not fun. Like, obviously, like, I don't know why I said fun. It's just, it takes, like, it just mentally, physically drains you to go to war each day with your mind. And so, and it was around July that I had found my third therapist, and my therapist who my current therapist right now um who um at the OCD center of Los Angeles and i wasn't taking medication at the time 
and um he had recommended that I should take medication because I had severe anxiety, severe um, debilitating OCD, and severe depression. But I wanted to do this. It wasn't my parents telling me or anyone telling me, like, oh, don't use medication. Um, but I've I've always had this, like, this stigma around Xanax and, like, what it does to people and, like, how people are going to get addicted. And I was so scared to take it that I was like, I want to do this natural. I just want to do this with therapy. And I tried it with my previous therapist, but, like, things weren't going well. And I tried it with my therapist now, and he was like, Randy, like, you aren't getting better. Like, like the, like, he wasn't, like, pushing me. Like, I'm not, okay, this is, like, I feel like I'm making it sound like a bad guy. But he's not. He was, like, doing, he was really being there for me and really seeing that I was in such a critical situation that the only way I would be able to get through the day was with medication. And so I found a psychiatrist, um, had a consultation, and um, he prescribed me medication um, for my anxiety, OCD, and depression. I started taking medication by small doses and then slowly building up. It was at that point that I felt like I had a grasp, a, like a pinky on the hold of my life. Like I, I like I felt like I had retained my life back in a small way. Um, I started working out every day. Um, I started going to therapy like every two weeks, um, or every week, every two weeks I think. Um, um, and then I had a diet. Um, I put this diet on myself. I wanted to exercise. I exercise every day. I would run up and down the this hill that's in my house well not in my house in my neighborhood um and I you know would clean the house I would um I would try to be busy I I wasn't at school at the time I wasn't working I was just at home and so um I you know I had a diet and I would wouldn't eat any fast food i wouldn't drink any soda i wouldn't drink any juice i wouldn't eat any chocolate any candy um maybe like one like half a piece of chocolate like i was very strict with my diet um and yeah and like things started like i started seeing that things were getting better but then things started to get bad again and then I started working around October. I got my first job, first real job, I guess you could say, because at the time I was working for Divinity LA and Imagine Bracelets, which was my social media job. Um, and so I got my first retail job at Lucky Brand. And this was actually part of, and I know it sounds like weird, like, what do you mean you don't want money? But I didn't get the job because of the money. I got the job because it was assigned to me as homework from therapy because I was in my house for a, a couple of months by my, like, just not by myself, but, like, I was just in my house isolated from the world. So I would go out, like, maybe once a month with my friends because it was summer, and then I would go out with my parents, like, whenever they wanted to go shopping or go out eat or watch a movie. Um, but that's beside it. Like, I didn't really have any connection with the outside world. 
And I was off of Instagram for like six months, four months. Um, I just couldn't do it. Like my mind would scare me every time. I would, as crazy as it sounds, and you guys are probably thinking like, oh, this is silly. But like, I was scared to just go on Instagram because if I commented something, I was scared I commented something rude or I commented something hurtful or, you know, something. And so I would just, I just avoided it completely. I I was only on Instagram for work. Um, but besides that, like, even then going on Instagram for work was hard enough. Um, but... I had, I just, I needed to take time off and I just needed to disconnect from the world and really focus on myself. I, and when I left Sacramento State, I told myself I would take a year to focus on my mental health. And so getting the job at Lucky Brain was part of my homework, um, in order for me to get out there and, you know, do something new, make friends, um, and just get out and be out in the outside world, have a routine. Um, and so I got hired. It was my first job, and it was the first place I applied to. And I got ex- and I got the job. Like I got the phone call like a day later, and I was like at Carl's Jr. and I was in the car and I was like, wait, I got the job, and I was so nervous during the interview. And um, yeah, and it was just, it was like the start of a start of me progressing in my life, making that big change, no matter how scared I was. And I was terrified. I remember my first day of work, I had a panic attack before going into work. And I was like, I can't go. I'm going to cancel. And I went to work, stuck it out. um, And I called the next day and I said, I'm quitting. I can't do this. And I didn't explain why. And the manager at the time was like, are you sure? Like, um... Do you want do you want to take some time to think about it? And I was like, okay, I'll think about it. And I thought about it, and my therapist and psychiatrist were like, um, you should go back to the job. I know it's scary, but um, it's not going to be easy at first, like, I'll be honest, but um, it will get better. And I always heard that. Like, I've had so many therapists, so many doctors, so many, everybody telling me, oh, it's going to get better. Oh, like, one day you'll see that it'll get better. And at the time, I was like, these people don't know what they're talking about. Like, they don't know what I'm going through. They don't know what I'm feeling every day. But I can say now that it is so true that it will get better. It will get better. Trust me when I say this. Like, I feel like I'm living proof that it will get better. Um, But so where was I? I'm, I get lost while I'm talking. Um... Wow, this is already 32 minutes. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, Lucky Brand. Um, I got the job, you know, started working. I was a seasonal um, sales associate, and I made so many friends, and I was talking to everybody. I had fun. Um, you know, that's weird. Having fun at work. What? Um, yeah, I had fun with my friends, and, you know, I worked Thanksgiving. I was so mad about that um i worked my first black friday um i remember my anxiety was through the roof i get really anxious when there's large crowds of people um and so that was my first black friday experience and then i left lucky brand around 
March or April of this year, 2019. Now, where was I? Um, so yeah, I had, I left Lucky Ran. I felt like it was, I was in a really good place and I felt like I had taken control of my life again. And so I applied to Michael Kors and it was a big change and a big jump for me. And I ended up getting the job. Um, it was amazing, and everyone I met there, shout out to the MK fam, um, they were all amazing, um, and, yeah, um, you know, I started school, and, uh, I started school February, so a month before I left Lucky Brand, um, I went, I finally went back to school at SMC, um, took a few classes, and then, um, you know, worked out, then later on, worked at Michael Kors, um, I finished the semester in May, middle of May, and then I took summer classes at SMC, and I took a couple weeks off from Michael Kors because my mental health wasn't doing that well. I was in a dark place again, I needed the time off, and so... Yeah, and um fast like backward backtrack. Um in March I forget it was if it was in March or April. It was in March. In March I had launched my clothing brand, Sparkle Apparel. Um and the first design was the It Will Get Better and the Breathe Hoodie. Um and I remember starting it, I was just like 'cause I I hadn't I had never been happy without there being a reason to be happy if that makes sense and so I was just in such a good place that I was like I want to do a clothing line I want to like make it surround mental health awareness and you know the my dream became a reality and then um you know I went to SMC over the summer, this summer, um, took a class with my sister, and then this fall, went back for another semester at SMC, and, you know, I, I don't know, everything just went downhill, I ended up leaving SMC, um, because of my mental health, I, it gets, it gets to a point where you don't know whether to be annoyed with yourself, mad at yourself, or just, I don't know, be all of the above and confused. But it's like, I left school three times because a year ago, while I was on my hiatus and I took a year off to focus on my mental health, I went to, I tried taking a class over the summer um, last year, um, at SMC, and I ended up dropping the class because I kept having panic attacks every day, and, like, three times a day, and so I just couldn't do it, and so I was just like, am I really gonna leave school again? Like, this is gonna be the third time. Like, what does this all mean? Like, what is the sign? What is the point of this? Like, why am I going through this? And it's been, I left around... 
October, I want to say. And we are now in December. I think it is December 9th. Um, but I am in a really good place right now. In such a good place that I feel confident and comfortable enough to film this episode. I was scared to film this podcast episode because the last times I tried to film an episode about my mental health journey, the following day was a bad day, like a horrible day. Um, I had so many intrusive thoughts. I was depressed. I My anxiety was through the roof. And recording this right now, I'm scared that that might happen tomorrow and I have to go to work tomorrow. But I feel like there's never going to be the perfect time. Something is always going to come up. Something is always going, like, I can never, you can never calculate how each day is going to go. You just can't. Um, Like, I can't say, like, oh, tomorrow's going to be perfect and nothing bad is going to happen. Like, I won't have an inch of anxiety. Like, I can't. Like, I can't say that. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I might be the happiest I've ever been tomorrow. Maybe I'll sell, like, $7,000 or maybe I'll sell nothing and I'll be depressed. I don't know. But I'm willing to take that hit, that risk, if it means that I am able to help someone going through the same thing. It's been two years since I've started dealing with obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety, and depression. And I've come a long way. It's been a long journey. It's had its ups and downs. I've had so many nights crying, so many... I I can't even explain. Like, it's... It's been a lot. And when I say it's been a lot, I honestly mean it's been a lot. But I'm just thankful for my family, my mom and my dad for always being there for me. Um, My therapist for everything that he's done. Um, My group therapist and all my friends in there. Just, I'm just so thankful. And I feel ready for 2020. I don't know what my plans are yet, but I'm trying to focus on each day and focus on each day as it is and not try to focus on the future because if I start focusing on the future I start to freak out because I'm afraid of the future and change and yeah I'm just trying to focus on day by day so if there's something you can take away from this podcast episode is um I hope it's no matter what it is that you're going through Um, if you feel alone, if you feel like no one understands you, if you feel like things aren't going to get better, I want you to know a couple things. Um, please reach out to a friend. Please. A friend, a teacher you trust, um, a family member, your family, um, someone, um, Reach out to them when you, whenever you, if you think that something's off or something doesn't seem right, um, don't do what I do and wait until things get really bad to reach out. Um, reach out as soon as you can. Um, there are people out there to help you and support you and get you on the right path and help you not go through hell anymore like what I went through. Um, you can do this. And you are strong. 
No matter what your mind says, no matter what your anxiety says, no matter what your OCD says, you will get to a point where you'll be happy with your life again. It won't be dark forever. And like my dad says, after a storm comes a rainbow. And I am here to say that that is so true. After all the madness and all the chaos, good things will happen. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I'm here. Um, if you want to reach out um, and talk, um, DM the I'm Blooming podcast Instagram. Um or DM me on Instagram, my personal, at Randy X. Lopez. Um, and the last bit of advice that I want to give is that it will get better. It will. Trust me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it gives you a little insight onto my life, what I've been through. And I hope it can help someone. So, yeah. Bye. See you next week. I think, yeah, next week. Bye.